Hello, friends. Welcome back. We took a bit of a break, and that's okay, but we are pumped because we've got a bunch of new episodes planned out, and today we're going to talk about pain and injury because this is something that Mike gets lots of questions about, and anytime he posts on the gram about an injury or his own injuries or my injuries or just injuries in general, people, like, want to hear all the things. So we're going to compile it all into an episode and go from there. So, grab your coffee, grab your wine, grab your beer, grab your water. Let's get popping. Here we go. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. We took a couple weeks off, like I mentioned, and I'm honestly okay with that because we have talked a bit in the past and recently with us getting back on the Instagram with Relentless and stuff like that about all the spinning plates and having to pick some up and put some down. And sometimes you just go through ebbs and flows and that doesn't mean anything is more or less significant than everything else. And it just gave us an opportunity to sit down and figure out what we really wanted to chat about over the next little bit. So... Yeah, and, like, with these episodes, like, we we don't just fly off the cuff and just talk. Like, we actually have to plan these out, and we need some time just to take a step back and really hone in our focus on what we want to talk about, what information people wanted, needed, you know, all these things, and, and what felt good for us, too. And, um, uh, like, we just had this brain dump day where we just put everything down on paper, and it all sounded so good. I think there was, like, a... I wouldn't say like the train kind of grinded to a halt, but it was definitely slowing down a little bit because we were, again, we were spinning so many plates that our focus was one in a million different ways. So we just needed to hone in that focus again and put these plates down. And now that we've had our little break, we are back. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I, as much as like maybe we needed a bit of a, a break with it all, um, it also, like you said, gave us the opportunity to gather some information of like what you guys really want to hear. And this is why like, we do reach out to you guys and ask you guys what you want to hear because we do take it into account. We sit back and we compile, like, is this something aligned with what we do want to talk about or is this something we can provide information on? So we thank you guys for your feedback. With all of that being said, I want to remind you guys that we really appreciate when you guys like us on Spotify, share us on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, tell your friends about us. If you could Take a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening to and post it into your Instagram story. Tag us in it. We are still entering people into the draws, so let's give you guys free stuff. <laughs> Everyone likes free stuff, especially nowadays when shit's so expensive. We, we like free stuff. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about pain and injury, and Mike has been itching, absolutely itching to talk about this for the longest time, and... You tweaked your back a little bit during a workout the other day, and everybody wanted to hear all about it. So, actually, there was like almost half the people wanted to see more of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that, like, because you had put up like a little poll, and it was like, you asked the question, "Do you want to hear more about pain and injury?" And it was like, "Yes, no, no, show me more cake." And I wish you had said yes, but also show me more cake because that was more aligned. Because <laughs> then we would get messages of people being like, "I do actually want to hear about this, but also cake." <laughs> also cake. Um, Jesus, yeah. Apparently, apparently, my cake brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> 
Not my milkshake. We're in 2022 now. It's all about cake. Cake. So, yeah, pain and injury. Um, and the reason why I was itching so much to talk about this is, A, for myself, like, I've been bombarded with, and this is not just recently, but, like, I've been bombarded with a bunch of information about pain and injury. And the frustrating part about it is, like, none of it fucking worked. <laughs> like, none of it worked. Like, I would I would end up getting re-injured right around the same right around the same point in my like program or in my phase and I was getting frustrated with it. And this is a common problem with a lot of things on, on, on social media nowadays is that there's so much there's so many influencer influencers <laughs> influencers and big names that talk about pain and injury, but it's such a reductionist, it's such a narrow minded point of view. And it oftentimes leads to people getting frustrated, people focusing on the wrong things, and people getting fixated on, this is what's causing my pain, so I need to fix this, and they never progress. And hopefully, the goal of this episode is to kind of, con- not really condense it, but kind of open up your eyes a little bit to what could cause pain and injury, but also condense how we can um, rehab an injury, and it's actually not that complicated. I think something that's important too is to recognize that just because something works for somebody else doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. And so just because, and like you were saying, like there's so much information out there, especially because the internet is the way it is. Like it is very easy to get sucked into someone else's story and to assume that because this worked for them, it's going to work for for me. So I like that you are leading this episode with the figure of speech of who are trying to open your eyes to pain and injury rather than just tell you what it is. Like there's so many things that play into this and there's so many things to consider that it's not so cut and dry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, and it really isn't. It's, it's not pain and injury themselves are not so cut and dry. It's not black or white. It's not like you deadlifted with a slightly rounded back and now you have back pain. Like it's, it's not necessarily just that. Right. There's so many different things. And my goal, and I'm sorry, you guys, this might be a little bit of a longer episode, but I really want to get this information out there because there is actually quite a bit to cover and quite a lot of shit to sift through. But again, I'm going to try and condense it as much as I can and make you realize, hopefully make you realize that this is not just black and white. It's not just because of X, Y, Z. It could be because of X, Y, and Z. (laughs) Right? So... Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be heavy. <laughs> so let's pop into it. Where are you starting us off? So I'm gonna start us off with what what are the causes of pain and injury? Um, and reality is is that pain in and of itself and injury are multifactorial like entities. They don't they aren't just caused by one singular cause. There's not one root cause of pain and injury. It could be a number of different things. Um, So, like, when we talk about pain and injury, it could be a product of and or fatigue, your mental health state, your program, how much volume you're doing, your nutrition, how often you're working out, your load management. Like, how how are you progressively overloading? Are you doing small, manageable increments or are you just trying to PR within the next week sort of thing, right? It could be any one of those factors, and that's just to name a few. There's probably a hundred more that I could probably rattle off 
and there's not enough time in the podcast to 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 address those but realize that pain and injury are not just one singular cause we need to take the totality of circumstances into account we can't just say oh yeah like um i was bench pressing and i had too much of an arc and now my back and my shoulders hurt like no there's there's way more to it than that so stop focusing on you know those biomechanical things start taking into account all your other we talk about it all the time we talk about where you're at mentally we talk about where your stress levels are we talk about how your nutrition is how your recovery is we talk about analyzing your program start taking those factors into account not just focusing on the biomechanical or i didn't get enough sleep and now i snapped my shit up like we need to we need to factor in everything and in factoring in everything, we need to realize that the cause is not important. The important part is you're in pain and you're injured. <laughs> yeah, and I think when we talk about this too, like it, this, we're talking about like having pain and injury due to a movement and or your workout or your run or whatever that looks like. We're not talking about you dropped a dumbbell on your foot. Correct. <laughs> like that's different. Like there is cause and effect of something like that. But when we're talking about pain and injury, like back pain is the most common I think with a lot of this Ooh, yeah medics listen up (laughs) and like we're talking about the actual big bigger picture of this like it when we're talking about like back pain or shoulder pain like musculoskeletal pain that you have developed due to whatever activity you were doing maybe it wasn't even a workout like we're we want to analyze what caused that what led you to be susceptible to that injury, how you can prevent that injury from happening again, how you can rehab that injury so you're stronger coming back. Like, it's the same as if you were to break your leg. If you broke your leg, if you, say you got hit by a car and you broke your leg. So cause and effect, yes, but the rehab behind that is what's important. Right, and that kind of brings, that kind of rolls right into my next point, is that having an injury doesn't mean there's a pathology attached to it. You're right. If you smash your hand with a dumbbell, you're going to have pain. You're probably going to have some broken bones and some bruising around the hand. That'll cause pain. Um, You get hit by a car. You snap your leg. You break your pelvis. You break your neck. There is going to be pain associated with that. There's going to be a pathology attached to that. But when we're talking about injuries when lifting, we're talking about those things where you make that lift and all of a sudden you feel that twinge in your back. Or for medics out there, you lift that one patient, you feel that twinge in your shoulder or in your in, in your low back or in your hip, right? When we talk about pain and injury during lift, during biomechanical movements, we don't always associate a pathology attached to it. Yes, there could be something going on. There could be something structural going on, a herniated disc, a pinched nerve, um, a, a, a ruptured muscle. There could be something going on. But that being said, not all not all conditions have pain associated with them. There's num- there's I think it's something like 70% of arthritis patients don't actually have pain until they've reached that threshold where their body can't tolerate their body can't mitigate it anymore, so it starts sending signals to the brain saying that there's pain involved. Just because there's something structurally wrong doesn't always mean there's pain associated with it. Just like if there's pain after an injury, doesn't mean that there's something structurally wrong. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Yeah. Perfect. What we need to understand is that our bodies are 
adaptable beings. They're living creatures, right? Just like you have the ability to speak, to have cognizant thought, our bodies are always adapting. You didn't learn to run before you could crawl first, right? You didn't learn to speak before you heard those words. Our bodies are always in a constant flux of adaptation. So your body is not as fragile as you make it seem. If you are deadlifting and you know you see those de- you see those lifters all the time where they're deadlifting with a rounded back and you're like why are they never getting injured by all logic occam's razor the the, the easiest explanation or the the most correct explanation is the easiest one by that by that logic a rounded spine they should snap their shit up they should always be in pain but they've adapted to lift like that just like you are very adaptable you're very resilient and you're body can withstand a lot of stress and trauma so let's get that out of the way your body is an adaptable it's not bulletproof but it is adaptable it is really resilient um so back to pain and pathology so um let's take low back pain as an as an example um 90 to 95 percent of low back pain sufferers don't actually have a diagnosable cause that's a fucking astounding number. Like, that's a lot. That's a lot of people, right? And think of, when you take that into account, too, the amount of people that state that they suffer from back pain, whether it's constant or intermittent. Like, yep. you and I are both sufferers of back pain intermittently. Yep. yep. There's around, I think the last the last figure that I remember reading is there's around 500 million people worldwide that have experienced some form of low back pain in their life, whether that's acute, whether that's chronic. 500 million people. That's 7% of the population, roughly, give or take. That ex- 7%? Yeah. That's it? Yeah. Oh, I, I feel like 99% of the people in my life have experienced back pain. That's crazy. Right. But 500 million people at some point in their life experience back pain. Now, 90 to 95% of those don't have a diagnosable cause. 1% of those 500 million people generally have a life-threatening cause, right? Like, you have your cancers, you know, the big C word. Um, you have these very chronic conditions that have poor prognoses. 1%, right? And then you have 5 to 10%, roughly, that have a specific cause that might cause it. A pinched nerve, herniated disc, degenerative disc disease. Does that mean that 5 to 10% are completely written off? Absolutely not. Just like that 1% isn't completely written off despite their prognosis, right? We can still treat these things. However, that 5 to 10% and that 1% absolutely need a physician to assess them, right? If, it's, if, if the, the, the pain is chronic, it's not going away after six to eight weeks, sometimes six months, you need to get that shit diagnosed, right? And yeah. I, I really want to hammer that in. Like, what we're giving you guys is guidelines, but if something isn't right, absolutely go get it assessed. Yeah, this is... Uh... Oh, that was a big stutter. <laughs> Got lost there. Though, if you can't, if you're not seeing changes in your back pain or whatever your injury might be, your knee pain, your shoulder pain, your hip pain, whatever, if you are not seeing changes and you are putting an actual effort into it in that six weeks to six months, if nothing is changing, absolutely go and see a physician. But in the same tone, we're also stating like there are things that you can do in your control in that short term to try and mitigate and to better your injury on your own if you if something like oh this is so convoluted like 
It if is. something is obviously fucking wrong, go and see a goddamn doctor. If you are concerned enough or you're like, I should go and see a doctor, go see a fucking doctor. What's the worst they're going to say? There's nothing wrong. And then you know, yeah. like, okay, this is something yeah. that I just need to, like, find another ability to rehab on my own. Or maybe they'll find cancer. Who knows? Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> WebMD. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's always good to just get an assessment done just to be on the safe side. Just to be just to be cautious. It's always good to get an assessment done. However, recognize that 90 to 95% is a big number. <laughs> yeah, 90 to 95% of the time, they're going to tell you nothing is broken, nothing is torn. Like, yeah. So, just, I guess, I guess the point of that is to just be aware and conscious of the fact that, like, if you choose to go and see a doctor at any point, which we all, we will always encourage, like, just don't be surprised if the conversation comes back as there is no definitive, yeah, like, yeah, broke, broken anything. Exactly. Okay. Moving on. Um, moving on. So, what causes injury? Well, as a broad term, as a broad term, injury happens when intensity and load exceed tissue capacity. So let me simplify that. When the weight on your back exceeds what you're used to lifting, probably going to run into an injury. Okay. So if I've never squatted three fifteen before. And I just decide to attempt it after eight weeks of barely hitting 225 for one rep. And I attempt 315, I'm probably going to snap some shit up. <laughs> My body is not used to it. Could I possibly hitch and pull and wiggle my way into a PR? For sure. But be cognizant that an injury may happen if you are not accustomed to it. If you haven't built up to it, if you're not mentally prepared, if you're not physically prepared. Yeah. Because, I mean, the way PRs are hit is by lifting a weight you've never lifted before. But typically, in order to have a successful PR, you have gradually built yourself up to that. So, Right. You have put in the work. You have periodized correctly. You have done all rep ranges and loads that are challenging but not impossible. So if you go and reach for that impossible or something you've never even attempted before, not even gotten close to, you could encounter something. So that's kind of like a general term of what an injury is. And again, a number of different things can can factor into that, right? Like when I tweaked my back last, um, what, like two weeks ago, a week ago? A week, yeah. Right. I was doing a weight that... I was confident in lifting, but I'd never attempted it for that kind of volume. And also, I was very tired. I was very stressed out and angry. So mentally, I wasn't there. I unracked that bar, and I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> you knew. I knew. The minute I unracked that bar, like, I knew. And it was like that record scratch moment when I dropped into the hole and I felt that pull in my back. I'm like, ah, fuck. Now... A kinesiologist or someone who has a very biomechanistic point of view could say, oh, well, you had butt wink, you had hip shift, um, you know, your 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 back wasn't in perfect, or your spine wasn't in perfect alignment, therefore, that's what caused the injury. Could it have been? Maybe. I'll say maybe. I won't, I won't discount the possibility. But, again, there was a number of different things at play against me that day. I had the deck stacked against me, and I still tried to gamble yeah and if like if, it, if someone who is biometrically like very in tuned 
came to you and said you had about like your butt wink was there your knees were not pushed out um you weren't bracing properly yada 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 like if that was like on the biometric side of it but you are identifying the things that probably cause all those things because yeah. you can squat without a butt wink you are like you yeah. brace typically when you're lifting like all of these things but because you had mental fatigue and stress and your nutrition wasn't great i know in the oh last week God. we were eating great so yeah. you weren't fueled properly so you do typically do all those biomechanics like properly but because you weren't in tuned on that day that's what inevitably caused that as well like yeah. your judgment was off you like yeah. your form was off like all of these things yeah. it's it's it goes more than just you had a butt wink when you hit when yeah. you were down in the pocket yeah and i mean the whole butt wink conversation neutral spine conversation that's going to be a conversation for another time like we we can often fix those things. We can't often eliminate them. Like, um, but that's a conversation for another time. But yes, could it have been a factor in that moment, right? What does acute changes in spinal flexion or pelvis tilt, what do they cause? They cause other muscles to try and adapt. adapt or you're, you're causing other muscles to try and pick up that workload. Muscles that might not be perfectly in tune or perfectly adapted um, or developed. So yeah. Could it have caused something? Maybe, right? But again, there was other factors at play. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like the broadest term I can come up with when it comes to injury. Um, so the main point of this is that we need to broaden our view of how we see pain. While injury is kind of like a very focused term, it's a very focused, isolated event, pain in and of itself is very broad. And we can't just say, we can't just put a label on it like rounded spine, butt wink, not enough arch, you know, you're, you, you weren't perfectly al aligned with midfoot when you're lifting that bar. Again, broaden your sights. Don't just get focused on the black and white of it all. So, um, kind of the moral to that story is that, and this is uh, a very, this is a very accepted view in the medical community and the scientific community is that pain in and of itself has biological psychological and social factors okay there's a number like i said there's a number of things that 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 influence pain just like there's something wrong physiologically there could be something wrong psychologically and there could be pressures from outside causing stress fatigue and wear on the body that can influence pain right we need to take all these things into account. We good with that? We got it. I'm like, my medic brain is kicking in here when we talk to patients who are complaining. Like, typically, like, it's like that, that chronic pain. And it's like, uh, you go and pick up Susie Joe, and she's like, oh, I've had knee pain for the last nine years of my life, but today I'm calling the ambulance because I'm just, like, sick and tired of it. And mm -hmm. then we start to, like, have that conversation. And if you're a good practitioner whether that's a medic, a nurse, a doctor, whatever, you start digging into things like, is there another stressor that's causing this pain to suddenly be, like, intolerable? Like, is, are they being evicted from their home and they have nowhere else to go, so they, they need somewhere to go and they need people to be around that, like, they feel like are going to care for them? So that's that social aspect. They, like, they need that social connection because they have nothing else. The, like, then you've got the psychological connection of they're being evicted from their home, they have nowhere else to go. Like, all of... That's where my medic brain is going right, with absolutely. This. And how many patients do you come across um, that might have arthritis? And you can tell, like, the, the deformity in their knees 
or their hands. Or you can just... see every single knuckle in their hand. Exactly. So there is a biological component. But what's another thing that you find when you're digging into that medical history with these patients? They are on a number of pain meds, right? They're on Tylenol or Hydromorph or um, Gabapentin. Gabapentin, Oxys. But they're, they're also on things like Seroquel. They're on Risperdal. They're, they have they have depression. So it's easy to say, like, yeah, it's the arthritis causing pain. But we're missing that other factor, that other component where they might be feeling isolated. They might be feeling stuck. They might be feeling um, overwhelmed with their emotions, with their feelings, which is, again, influencing pain. Because what is the one thing that emotions stimulate? It stimulates a cortisol response. It stimulates... Um, fatigue, it disrupts your sleep patterns, your, 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 your eating habits, your appetite, right? So you take all these things into account and you figure out where that homeostasis has changed of why they can typically compensate yep. with this pain to suddenly now they can't compensate with this pain. It's Absolutely. because something else somewhere else is Absolutely. now taking up all of that energy that their body typically Absolutely. uses to deal with their pain. Absolutely. And on the other side of that, what is one of the one questions we always ask when we pick up those patients with shoulder pain or knee pain or hip pain or back pain? What have you done to try and treat this? Well, I've taken my medications and it's not working. Okay, have you tried physio? Have you tried walking? Have you tried light lifting? Things like that, right? Like, have you talked to your to your physician, to your therapist, to, to your family about this? Like, again, when we talk about pain, we are so quick to judge pain by the biomechanical, but yet we're kind of hypocritical in the sense that we always dig further into that history of what else could you have possibly done before we reach this point of you calling us to try and fix this situation, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was... We got a little, <laughs> got a little windy there. And, little... like, guys, keep in mind, too, like, we are not sitting here saying that pain doesn't exist, that pain isn't real. That is, that is not at all what this conversation is. We are not saying that you are making up your pain or that your pain isn't valid that's not the conversation here. We're simply just addressing that this conversation is so much bigger than I picked that box up off the floor and I tweaked my back. Yeah. So it's saying that it's a social psychological or like anatomical issue is it's just the bigger picture and they all can potentially hold value into this injury simply so that the next time you go to do that movement or the next time that you do feel that twinge, you can understand why it may have happened and what you can do in the future to prevent it and or treat it. Yeah, and we're not saying that it is just biological or just psychological or social. We're saying it could be all three at once. Yeah. Right? It, it doesn't have to be just one, again, because that comes into the conversation of just being black and white. And this is, conversation is not black and white. It is a, sp- a whole spectrum of 50 shades of gray. It is Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> But it is a wide spectrum, right? Or a continuum, I suppose. So with that said, you are correct that pain is not in your brain. Pain is not just a thought. Pain is very subjective. Each individual will will perceive pain in a different way. Just like my 2 out of 10 pain could be your 5 out of 10 pain or your 10 out of 10 pain could be my 20 out of 10 pain, right? Absolutely. um, Everyone perceives pain differently. And this is not to say that it's in your brain. It is in your whole central nervous system. Pain is in your nerves. And your nerves will respond accordingly to how you've conditioned them, how you've adapted, and how you perceive pain just 
simply biologically. No one can tell you different. No one can tell you it's just in your mind. It is in your nerves and it is specific to you. So this is why I say that finding a root cause for the pain is less important. We need to focus more on overcoming that. Because if the pain is in our nerves, if these nerves are sending signals back and forth to our brain, we need to figure out how to hit that buffer switch, how to hit that snooze button to try and live a functional life, right? And that's going to look different for every individual, but the guidelines I'm going to give you here are kind of going to give you a more condensed view. Yeah, think of it as getting a tattoo. You, me, Joe, Billy, and Bob can all go get a tattoo in the exact same space, get the exact same tattoo, and every single one of us is probably going to feel a different level of pain Mm -hmm. so that's just yeah it changes for everybody and my my one last talking point on this when it comes to injury and pain is that we need to because you'll see a lot of this we need to realize that sometimes a lot of the times most times injury and pain are often inevitable oh for sure at some point whether you are a marathon runner, whether you are a lifter, at some point you might experience an injury, you might experience pain. Despite what some coaches or influencers tell you, you cannot bulletproof your spine. You cannot bulletproof your hips or your shoulders. At some point, we are going to reach that threshold where, again, our load and intensity surpasses our capacity and we might experience an injury the varying levels of how we experience that injury or how we feel or perceive that injury might be different depending on how you condition it. But injuries are almost always inevitable. But that's not me trying to bombard you with doom and gloom because if we do things right, we can overcome it in no time or kind of push that boundary much farther. So my roadmap to injury recovery, because I'm doing this myself and it, it's kind of empowering, but it also kind of sucks. <laughs> it's probably empowering for you because you have the ability to have the foresight on it. Like you, mm-hmm. like, and you love fucking pain and injury and rehab and all of those things. You love that. Like when someone comes to you and they're like, I've tweaked my shoulder. I just like my range of motion is shit. My strength is shit. Like I just, I cannot get this pinch out of it. Like you love that. Like your ears perk up like Bjorn's do when he sees a damn bunny rabbit. Like you love it because this conversation just is like your bread and butter. So hit yeah. me with your rope. And I think it's probably because you have been through so many injuries yourself that you like see like being able to look back and see like, okay, it sucked in that moment and I was fucking miserable and I'm angry that I did that because I know better, but I know the things that to do now to, to get back on track better, faster, all of those things. Absolutely. And like, I mean, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Um, but again, this comes, this comes from, a, this comes from a, my perspective, comes from a perspective of having, and I, I will have to name drop here, having seen pages like Squat University or Athlean Like I used to idolize those guys till I realized that a lot of the information they gave was not the greatest. <laughs> like, they're, they're smart individuals, they know their craft, they often come, come up with some pretty brilliant things. But when it comes to pain and injury management and reduction, I felt so taken aback and I felt almost like frustrated with the fact that, yeah, they, they tell you, they, they douse you with all this medical jargon, but 
oftentimes it's not it's not a fix that they're giving you. It's just their opinion. This is no different. This is just your opinion. Again, it, it, it is my opinion. <laughs> but again, I'm I'm gonna broaden that scope a little bit so that you're not just focusing on lifting with a perfectly rounded spine and lifting with no butt wink or. Again, I, I, I could go down the list. I, this is, of course, my opinion, but this is something that at least give it a try, implement, and realize that injury and injury recovery don't have to mean you start from square one. Love that. Love that. Perfect. Okay. So my first point here on my roadmap to recovery, our first little stop here is has nothing to do with lifting whatsoever, <laughs> but my first stop is don't catastrophize the injury, okay? What's the one thing we do when we feel that twinge in our back or we feel that pull in our in our shoulder? What's the first thing we do? Panic. Fuck, I'm injured. Panic mode, alarm bells going off. Freaking Chernobyl is melting down. We're fucking freaking out. All of a sudden, we kind of dig ourselves our own little hole, right? And this hole can get quite deep once we catastrophize, once we make this the worst case scenario. Um... I said this on my Instagram, and it was actually funny because someone was like, wow, that's perfectly life advice just in general. But when it comes to an injury, don't unpack your bags and live in that moment, right? We need to realize, shit, I'm injured. I need to take a step back. I need to acknowledge that, yes, I'm hurt. I'm in pain. But I can't just move in and be like, well, this is my life now. I'm fucked. <laughs> just lay in bed for days on end. Just lay in bed for days on end and make the problem that much worse because i'm the queen of like being like mike i'm hurt i can't do anything i'm just gonna sit here and whine about it i'm not gonna get off the couch for four days and you not that mike beats me mike is not abusive but you beat it out of me verbally you're like get up go and do something you can't just sit here and wallow in it you're not gonna fix it by sitting here and wallowing in it even though it makes me feel better absolutely and i get a little extra love and attention Uh, absolutely you know (laughs) but again if you wait long enough for something to pass, it'll pass. But we don't adapt, right? By sitting there and stewing, sure, that, that pain will pass. You'll get a little bit more flexion or, or movement in, 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 in that joint. Um, and you'll be able to move within four days, a week maybe. Yeah, it'll pass. But what are we doing to adapt? What are we doing to move forward? You're injured. You're hurt. Great. Acknowledge it. Let's move forward. Okay, so stop number two on our little roadmap. We've had our little pity party. We've done a little sad dance. Those are a thing, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Sad dances are a thing. We've done our little pity party. Let's move forward from there. So what's our next stop? The next stop, again, has nothing to do with lifting, but don't let others tell you what what your experience should be. How many people are like, oh, yeah, I threw on my back, you know, like, six years ago and you know I rested for a couple days and now I'm back at it and fucking lifting better than ever great good for you <laughs> um, on the other side of that coin there are people who will kind of help you catastrophize that problem right like oh shit you injured your back well you're gonna have to go on long term disability you're gonna have to do acupuncture and chiro and physio and see a doctor and get an MRI and blah blah blah, blah. and they just throw you into the spiral right don't let others dictate what you should be feeling again pain and injury is subjective the pain is in your nerves it's in your central nervous system don't let others tell you 
what you should be feeling. Just like there's toxic negativity, there's also toxic positivity. And you know those people that I'm talking about. They're always like, oh, yeah, just get back up on it. Get, get back on your horse. You'll be good in no time, blah, 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 blah. They're like trying to pump your tires. And eventually, with enough air, tires blow up. <laughs> so, guys, if you're injured, close your ears to the, to, to, not to this podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> close your ears to the people who are trying to either pump your tires or bring you down, 100%. And if you are someone who knows someone with an injury, fucking remain neutral. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's your injury. You get to you get to decide on literally every level how much energy this is going to take. Are you going to sit and wallow in it? How how long are you going to rest for? How long are you going to do nothing about it? How much are you going to push yourself to get back on it? Like this is all within your wheelhouse because you know your body yeah. best. I guarantee you this is not your first injury. And with it not being your first injury, you have a general idea of what your recovery process is going to look like. And everybody's recovery process is going to be different. You'll notice that as I talk through this roadmap, I don't put a time frame on anything because everybody is going to progress differently. Some people can progress beautifully in a couple weeks, a couple days. Some people might take months. And every injury might be different. And every injury might be different. The severity of each injury will be different how people have adapted will be different. So that's why I'm not putting a time frame on any of this. And I know some people are going to be like, well, how long is it going to take? I don't know because you know your body best. Okay. Um, so we've done that. We shut out the haters. Is that still a word? Is that still a term? It's 2022. I don't know if haters is still a thing. Oh, okay. I think you just get canceled now. Damn it. All right. So <laughs> we're moving on. What's our third stop in this roadmap? The third stop is... Don't be afraid to take a short break. I know I was kind of saying like, you know, don't get testifies, don't blah, blah, blah. But yeah, don't be afraid to take a short break. I know I always say motion is lotion, but sometimes rest is best, right? Sometimes you do need that day to just completely not do anything. And this doesn't mean that you just sit and stew on the couch. No, maybe you just, you get up and do some housework as you can tolerate. Maybe you go out for a little walk as you can tolerate, right? When I say take a short break, I mean you don't need to lift for that X amount of time. You can take that little break. You can take that step back. An injury is going to add stress to your mind and your body, and taking a short break to manage the stress load that is Mm -hmm. currently happening is advised is 100% advised. (laughs) Maybe this is your opportunity to sit and be like, okay, was my injury caused by fatigue, lack of nutrition, Mm -hmm. whatever, stress, all of these things, like over, over training, under, like, whatever that may be, take that moment to evaluate, like, okay, is there something else that I need to get into check here before I get back into this? Like, you can, you, like, I love that you're still encouraging movement with walking, get, like, general around the house movements, like, not just laying on the couch, absolutely still do like your the everyday tasks that you need to do and push that boundary a little bit if it's within your ability at that time but also take that that sec second to be like maybe something else caused this and maybe i'm i'm overloaded somewhere else yep absolutely take a mental sock right how's your sleep been the last week or two maybe you just need a really good fucking sleep before we get into the recovery part of this yeah that is recovery yeah exactly we we harp on recovery all the time so what are you doing on the back end to 
um, facilitate that recovery, right? Maybe this was caused by serious fatigue and, you know, you weren't able to make rent this month and your hours got cut at work and you haven't been sleeping properly. Like, take that mental stock. Take that break from lifting. The gym doesn't have to be your life. Despite despite how much we, we might love working out, the gym doesn't have to be your life. Sometimes you need that break. You need to just walk and enjoy the sunshine, right? Sit outside, tan. I don't care. Like, but taking a short break is oftentimes necessary, especially when it comes to shoulder injuries. Oh my God, shoulder injuries are the fucking worst. Sometimes you do need that break. Sometimes it could be a couple days. Sometimes it could be a week. For When it comes to injuries, sometimes you do need to take a step back. So that's stop number three on our roadmap. Okay, stop number four. So we've taken our break. Now we've reached our next stop on this train. Um... So, back to movement as soon as you're able to, okay? This does not mean um, going back into the gym, going for that squat rack or those dumbbells. Sometimes it could just be things you can tolerate. Yoga, again, brisk walks. Maybe you do lift some weight, but you keep it super, super light, right? But getting back to movement as soon as you're able to is going to be, and this kind of, I guess, I guess three and four are kind of like one in the same sort of thing, but, um, you know, getting a little bit more intensity into your day, right? You're it's not going to jump back into your program where you no, like injured yourself though. Absolutely not. We're trying to find, we're trying to lower that barrier of entry back into movement sort of thing. So when I hear, like, when I hear about, Again, some of these big names recommending like you're doing the the McGill Big Three, right? Your bird dog, your side planks, your uh, modified curl ups. Um, when I hear people recommending dead bugs for back pain and stuff like that, I'm not seeing it as a way to cure my back pain. I'm seeing it as a way to lower the barrier of entry back into movement. It's incorporating some intensity because they can be quite, when done properly. These workouts can be quite intense, but it's lowering that barrier of entry so that I'm avoiding certain amounts of pain right uh it's it's allowing me to get back into movement to get some movement back in my joints without having to load my body with a shit ton of weight which is why yes it's more than take a break but again get back to movement as soon as you're able to tolerate even if that means lowering that barrier a little bit lowering that entry yeah we're not starting from scratch by any means but we're also not jumping back to where we were we're trying to find that medium where and I'm sure you're going to touch on this. I hope I'm not jumping the gun. But likely you're going to have some pain still while you're doing whatever you're doing. You want to find that medium between still getting movement in without causing more pain and being at that like 10 out of 10 pain for whatever yeah. movement you're doing. But you still want to find the things that you are that are doable and within like within reason. Yeah, 100%. It's like you can read my mind or something. And and we'll get there. We'll get we'll get to um, pushing through pain and stuff like that. We'll get to that uh, in a little bit here. Um, but yes, yeah, you, you fucking nailed it. <laughs> you, you Yay have... me! Gold star! <laughs> yes, we nailed it. Okay, so we've lowered that barrier to entry um, back into movement. We're, we're doing some things to kind of help us out to try and incorporate a little bit more intensity into our lives. Um, so what's step five on our roadmap? Well... I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Step five is um, deload and in like 
short little brackets, avoidance. And I'll, I'll, I'll clarify that a little bit. So what do I mean by deload? Deload means we've decreased the barrier of entry, but now it's time to start moving some weight. The keyword here being some. Again, we want to find that entry point where it's comfortable for us to work in, but not super painful. We also want to start training those movements, those staple movements that we incorporate in the gym, right? Your squat, your hip hinge, deadlift, kettlebell swings, whatever. Your vertical press, so overhead press, your horizontal press, like bench press, uh, rowing movements, and then loaded carries. These are all your fundamental movements, These by are... the way, kids. These are things that you do likely multiple times a day throughout the day, getting on and, on and off the toilet, picking a box up off the floor, picking your kids up, reaching yeah. above your head to grab something out of the cupboard, whatever else. These are your functional movements that are... Like, yes, you do them in the gym as a squat, deadlift, bench, overhead press, all of those yeah. things. But these are things that you literally do all day, every day. Yeah. The, the the difference between the lifts you do in everyday life and the lifts you do in the gym is just in the gym, it's a little bit more structured, right? In life, it's a little bit more chaotic. and, and, and You don't even notice you're doing you're, it. Where in the gym, you're being purposeful about doing these fundamental exactly. movements. But it doesn't mean you don't use those muscles, those prime movers that, that facilitate those typical gym lifts right so the point of this step here is to simply get those movements back into your everyday life that's what you're saying get them back into your everyday life and the reason i put avoidance in parentheses because of the nature of pain or the nature of an injury some movements might still be difficult for us like if i am if i injured myself squatting that squat that compression of my back that compression that axial loading that compression of my spine might be super painful for me. So I'm just going to modify that movement. How am I going to do that? I could be doing goblet squats. I could be doing box squats, right? Sometimes we need to kind of circumvent that that movement that injured us or that causes extreme pain without getting rid of that movement fundamentally, right? Um, so if deadlifts hurt your spine, maybe you might try kettlebell swings. Maybe you might try... Um, you might try Romanian deadlifts with light weight. You might do uh, hip thrusters, right? The key here is lightweight, kids. Don't don't go and slam on your typical like RPE three weight here and try and crank it out. Like no, yeah. the, this step on this train is simply to reintroduce these movements that maybe you haven't done for a couple days, couple weeks. The what the catalyst that caused this particular injury, whatever it is, you can't avoid it forever, especially if the injury was done in a fundamental movement. If you, if you injured yourself doing, uh, uh, oh my gosh, a bench press, well, you, you still do that movement all the time. You, you can't forever avoid that movement. It just, your life would be so difficult. Imagine eliminating squatting. Like, how are you going to shit? Yeah. If you limit, if you never do that movement again, if you completely avoid those movements, how will you get up and down the stairs? Oh how will you pick your child up to put it into bed? How will you I, pick up groceries up out of the car and carry those inside? Like, yeah. you cannot forever just avoid that movement because yeah. of this injury. Yeah. Again, yeah. You want to, in the acute phase, you might avoid it slightly. Mm-hmm. You might change the movement pattern a little bit, but that's kind of my my way of avoidance is just avoiding that direct correlation, right? Um, so yeah, uh, some avoidance might be necessary, but 
You can change the movement patterns. Yeah. DM us if you're if you're having troubles. Search the internet for for alternates, right? Like there's a number of resources. We can avoid the specific movement pattern. We can avoid like the fundamental movement as a whole. Moving on. So we've deloaded, we've we've kind of made our way into movement again. We've kind of started hammering those fundamental movements. Um, where do we go from here? Where where what's our next step? The next step is gradual loading, and you said it earlier, pushing through the pain. Okay? So when I mean gradual loading, I don't mean slamming on, you know, PR weight and fucking like going to town, right? I mean small increments. This goes back to progressive overload 101. Um, again, this doesn't always necessarily mean weight. We could be loading um, more stress and fatigue by decreasing our rest times or increasing repetitions or adding an extra set. But we need to gradually increase, even if, it's, if, even if that's an extra rep or two, but pushing through pain. And I know this kind of goes against what people think how we treat pain is that you just want to avoid it entirely. You want to be pain-free. But honestly, guys, that dealing with some pain is okay. Why is that? Because dealing with some pain allows us to gauge where we're at in our progression and where we're at in our rehab. If you are not feeling any pain, chances are you're either not pushing enough, you're doing too little, or that injury's recovered on its own and you can just fucking keep going as normal, right? But if we're not feeling, if if we are feeling a little bit of pain, it helps us gauge where we are in our recovery. If we are feeling a little bit of pain, so kind of think of it like a green light. If we're feeling a little bit of pain, but we're able to, to work through those exercises, we're able to do things appropriately, we're able to keep that pain at bay, great, continue on as normal. Perfect, you're doing good. If an exercise is causing a little bit more pain, right, that kind of like, mm, it's there, I can feel it, it's, it's, it's kind of tight sort of thing, we can still do that, that movement, we can still push at that, but we just need to be very careful. We need to be very cognizant of how much we're pushing. Because if we go into that red line, if we go into that area where that pain is unbearable, we need to stop. <laughs> we need to, we need to, I'm not saying go back to square one, but we need to just take a step or two back and go to that back to that level where it's either super tolerable or non-existent, or we're able to push through it a little bit more. Having some pain is okay. My main point, and you don't need to add 10, 15, 20, 30 pounds a week to try and push that. Sometimes you just need to gauge the waters a little bit. You need to test the waters a little bit. Yeah, you don't need to find that red line. Exactly. Just to like to find where that like to use that gauge, you don't need to find that red line and then go back from there. Like no, like you can simply just slowly add some, some things in and if you are like if you want to use it on a scale, like if you're pain-free, great. If you're comfortable there, great. If you know that you're working and you're pushing and you're like, "Oh, this is more than I thought I'd be able to do. This is um feeling better than I expected to, it's okay to sit there for a little bit. And then the next time you go in there, if you add a little bit more weight or reps or decrease your rest, whatever that may be, and you're like, okay, I'm starting to feel it. Again, it's okay to sit there. Yeah. And then the next time yeah. add, and the next time add, it doesn't mean you go into your first workout again, throw on the same weight that you injured yourself with, be like, oh, fuck, this is still the red line, better back down five, 10 pounds. Like yeah. you don't have to just go balls to the wall to figure that out first. 
slowly progress. Exactly. This is why I say gradual loading because gradual progressive overload, gradual loading and progressive overload are almost two different entities, right? Progressive overload means you add something each week, right? We're, we're, we're adding something. We're doing something to, to push that needle. When I talk about gradual loading, I mean it's okay to sit at a weight or sit at a rep set scheme for a little bit until that pain, until you stop hitting that red line, right? Or until that, that yellow light, that, that, that uncomfortable but still tolerable pain becomes pain-free. It's okay to sit there for a little bit before you level up and go to that next step. The last thing we want to do is just progressively overload and push, 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 hit that solid barrier, and then have to go back to not catastrophizing the injury, blah, 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 back to, back to that, that start of our roadmap, right? Back to jail if you're a monopoly fan. <laughs> like, gradual loading means gradual loading. It means you're going to stay at a certain level as long as it takes before you reach that next level. Versus progressive overload, where you're always adding something more. We can incorporate some elements of progressive overload into gradual overloading, but again, if you're feeling too much pain, if it's unbearable, if you're feeling like you're going to snap your shit up, again, you need to take a step back, right? Gotcha. Perfect. And now our final step in our roadmap, and this is um, something we need to be cognizant of, but... This is this is it. This is your de- kind of your destination. This is the destination like you never finish this this game. But our final stop is progressive overload and return to normal function. Right? Now we can stop with just gradually loading and now we can start actually progressive overloading. We can start adding those reps week by week. We can start adding those sets week by week. We can start decreasing rest times. We can start increasing weight. Is this typically when you would be pain-free, like, like a large majority of the time is when you would get back to progressive overloading? Once, you, once you've reached that level of progressive overloading, you should, hopefully, be pain-free. Or you should be to a level where that pain is almost non-existent. So if we're looking at a pain scale from 1 to 10, it's like a 3, a 2 even, right? Yeah, like three at, tops. At worst, right? At worst. And maybe this is also your new normal, like depending on your injury, like if you did actually do like significant damage, if you did break something, if you did pull, like rupture something, if you did tear something, like maybe this is your new normal where you sit at or your old normal where you were prior to injury. And there's a number of, there's a number of people that might experience some pain while lifting and then completely live normal functional lives pain-free, right? It might be a certain movement that causes that that irritation, but as long as it's tolerable, you, you'll be okay. I think for, your, like, for you, like, I think back to when you dislocated your shoulder many, many moons ago. I feel like for such a long time, you were still experiencing pain in certain movements. I can't remember what you would do. There was one movement where, oh, um... Upright rows. Upright rows. I, I, I don't know if you still, I, like, you just don't do those, essentially, at this point. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I've, I've, I've done them in recent memory, and I wasn't experiencing large amounts of pain. Like, it was a slight twinge. It's discomfort. It's discomfort more than anything. Which you didn't have before the injury. Which I did not have. And essentially how you've dealt with that is just adjusting the movement. You do something else that's still going to target the muscles that you're still right. trying to target. Right. 
in something that's not going to cause you pain. And from time to time, I do still incorporate that movements to just incorporate it and kind of gauge where I'm at. And, you know, as long as it's not intolerable, like, I can deal with it, right? So, yeah, you're right. Sometimes certain movement patterns will be the new norm. I don't have chronic shoulder pain living day-to-day life, but certain exercises, certain movements might just aggravate it just a little bit. That's okay, right? Because as long as I'm pain-free and functional, that's what counts, right? As long as I'm able to still work those muscles and still do fundamental movements with that muscle or that joint, I'll be okay, right? So yeah, once you reach that progressive overload and return to normal function, again, this is going to be normal to you. This is going to be your normal. Um, It might be pain-free. You might be a little bit uncomfortable, but you're still able to function. That's what counts at the end of the day. Now, I know people's ears are burning or they're just itching to be like, how long is this going to take? Again, it's going to be entirely up to you, right? Much like pain is influenced by a number of different factors, how you recover is also influenced by a number of different factors, right? Are we taking medications to try and help numb the pain, right? And we're unable to gauge where we're at in our recovery. That's a big factor, right? How many people with low back pain, especially medics, how many medics now have like a a fucking lifetime prescription of Flexerol, Mm -hmm. right? So they don't have to feel that. Um, Again, how stressed out are you? Did you catastrophize this injury and now you're just, you're sitting and stewing in it? What's your recovery looking like? What's your nutrition looking like? Like, I can't put a number to this. I can't put a time frame on this because, again, everybody's going to be different and we need to manage those other symptoms, those other causes of injury and pain because that's going to help our recovery that much more. So I'm not going to put a time frame on this, guys. It's going to be entirely up to you. Could be days, could be weeks, could be months, could be years. Could be. Could it could be. be. It really could be depending on your injury. But so that being said, recognize that your bodies are adaptable, your bodies are resilient. Think about uh, Usain Bolt, world's fastest man, had scoliosis, is still a rock star. Um, What the hell's his name? I think his name is Lamar Gant. First person to ever deadlift five times normal body weight, and his spine was an S. (laughs) And he deadlifted five times his normal body weight. How many Paralympians out there are competing and are, are on the podium as the strongest, the fastest, they're absolute phenoms and they're missing limbs. Their legs don't work. Their spines are cut in half. Bodies are resilient and you are not as fragile as you think you are. And that's not a dig to anybody. This is words of encouragement. So I'm going to get real, I'm going to get a little preachy here. It's my favorite way to end up. <laughs> you guys are resilient. You guys are are enough no matter what people might say about an injury and I feel like this I feel like in the industry we're in we are notorious for that oh don't lift like that you're gonna wreck your back like you know all oh, these power load stretchers they, they added 20 years to my career cut that bullshit out because we are resilient human beings we see it all the time We see people who shouldn't have survived absolutely survive. We see athletes with severe disabilities who in any normal time you would have written off and these people are setting world records. 
you guys are resilient. You guys are stronger than you might seem. You are enough. Don't let a career determine your prognosis. Don't let one lift, one bad experience limit what you are capable of. You are capable of so much more than you think you are. And one bad lift, lifting Meemaw with a slightly rounded back is not going to end your career. It's often sexy that we can say like, oh, we lift, you know, X amount of tonnage within a year as paramedics. Great. But does that factor in lifting your kids, lifting groceries, the lifts you do in a gym? Lifting the doggo. Lifting the doggo. (laughs) We are not fragile. We are anti-fragile. We adapt, we overcome, and we get stronger. So don't let these things define you. Don't let an injury define you you or your prognosis stop catastrophizing and move forward that's me i'm done (laughs) that's all we got guys (laughs) i hope that was enough information there see that episode wasn't even that long it's pretty good that was pretty good we kind of rifled through that a little bit yeah um yeah that's what we got that is mike's opinion on pain and injury and by opinion, I mean, he literally spends hours researching this stuff. Like, I've seen him. He, this man will be sitting on the couch next to me, fucking scrolling through his phone like a maniac. And I'm like, who are you talking to over there? Like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, nothing. I'm reading a research paper. I'm like, cool. I feel like a freaking noob because I'm over here playing Candy Crush. But that's okay. Um, if you guys have any questions about pain or about this episode or injury or if anything came up for you during this episode... Feel free to reach out. You guys know we're always here. And we love to answer questions. So that's this week's episode. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Don't forget to like and share us. Please put us on the gram so that we can make friends with new people. Yeah, all of like two people were listening. So we hope to get a little bit more. We hope to get, we hope to spread our word. And um, we hope you guys share the shit out of this podcast because it's actually really great. Medics shared amongst the community. Share it amongst your fellow first responders, um, nurses, healthcare workers, all you guys. This this episode is dedicated to you guys because I know a lot of us have dealt with injury, are dealing with injury, are out of the job because of an injury. So this, this one is for you guys. All right. My heart goes out to you guys. We love you guys. Like and share. Give us a five-star review on Spotify. And we will catch you guys on the very next episode because we got a shit ton planned out for you guys. And we're excited about all of them. So with that said... Take care, guys. Have a great day.